0: Well, so my secret is that I have slept with well over 100 people. I lost count after I got to 100.
1: Welcome to the Secret Life Podcast. Tell me your secret. I'll tell you mine. Sometimes you have to go through the darkness to reach the light. That's what I did. After 12 years of recovery in sex and love addiction, I finally found my soulmate, myself. Please join me in my novel, Secret Life of a Hollywood Sex and Love Addict a four-time bestseller on Amazon. It's a brutal, honest, raw, gnarly ride, but hilarious at the same time. Check it out now on Amazon. Welcome to Secret Life Podcast. I'm Breanne davis Gant. Today, I'm pulling back the curtains of all kinds of human secrets. We'll hear about what people are hiding from themselves or others. You know those deep, dark secrets we probably wanna to go to our grave with? or those lighter, funnier secrets that are just plain embarrassing. Really, the how, what, when, where, and why of it all. Today, my guest is Brooke. Now, Brooke, I have a question for you. Dun, dun, dun. What is your secret? Well,
0: so my secret is that I have slept with, well, over a hundred people. I lost count after it got to a hundred, so.
1: Now, when you say over a hundred people, when did you start having sex? Can I ask you that?
0: Yeah. So I was 19 Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I actually like talked to a bunch of people online and I flew out to California and met some of these people. Uh And, um, so like one, one of them I was supposed to be dating and then the other one was a friend. And so it was like, I hooked up with the friend first
1: Uh and then wait, 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 wait. You flew out. Wait, wait, wait. Back up, back up. Stop. First of all, 19 is pretty is not that young. I mean, I started really early, like 13. So there's that for you. But like you were talking online to these two different guys at the same time. Right. One was a guy
0: and one was a girl.
1: Okay, one was a guy and one was a girl. So you flew out. Yeah, go ahead. So this was 1999 and it was like,
0: the internet was still, I want, I don't want to say new.
1: No, (laughs) it was new. Yeah,
0: it was. And so like just talking to people online was like spooky to begin with, but then I, yeah, I, so I, I, um, I never had any relationships in like my life here. Um, because I'm like, I'm fat (laughs) and I've always been like, I'm, I'm just a, big person. Okay, like overweight. And I'm in a small town. So a lot of the people don't have a lot of um, tolerance for that, I guess.
1: What do you mean? Wait, I want to um, actually talk about that for a second. What do you mean they don't have tolerance for your body type that you were born with?
0: Yeah, so I was bullied pretty badly by the whole town really. Wow. <laughs> um, you know, kids, teachers, but like also like Extended members of my family would say things constantly. But
1: so, wow. um
0: I was kind of just like this huge loner growing up. And I I don't know, I kind of still am a little bit,
1: but Yeah.
0: But yeah. So I never nobody was ever interested in me and, and I was just always gross. So that's Wait, why wait, I ended up wait, wait, talking wait. You just people. said you
1: were gross? Did you just
0: say you're gross? Well, okay. Yeah, <laughs> because I still have some of these <laughs> I still think that way. So, yeah,
1: but I have to say like that self-talk right there is not okay. I mean, I had the other day, I kept repeating in my head, like I was a loser and it was like, that is so abusive. And for you to sit there and say you're gross yeah. is like, breaks my heart. Just like when I was calling myself a loser. Yeah. I'm working on it. <laughs> <I promise. laughs> we all are.
0: <laughs> But I just it's, had this stop It's a lot you. better than it used to be, though. You know.
1: Yeah. So, you didn't date anybody in your hometown. People were really mean to you, which is horrible. And I would, like want to go to that town and yeah, like, be, beat everybody up. But so <laughs> yeah. you started, you started relationships online, like friendships online, and Yes. Yeah. Okay. So that was easier. Yeah. So
0: yeah, because you know we had pictures and stuff, but and you know people are more accepting in other places too. I think so. Yeah. You know, it didn't matter what they, like I thought, you know, they still accepted me. So, so yeah, that's what I did. And, and it was like from 99 through, so I was 19 Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: through the time I was 29, like I had, it just exploded. I moved to Madison and when I moved to Madison, like away from my small town, like everybody didn't care what I look like (laughs) there were people who were like oh you're beautiful and amazing and I you know I I couldn't it was like a 180 shift
1: Mm. I couldn't
0: believe it so I I just kind of like I went crazy and I like ate it all
1: (laughs) up. you know so do you think because your self-esteem was so low when you got to this new place where you got accepted you just went to the extreme of acting out sexually
0: yeah I do. I do. Because, um, I guess I told myself I was having fun. Okay. Right. But I just started figuring out, I mean, really within the past few years that I was abusing myself sexually as much as all these other people were. Right. Because, you know, I was putting in myself in these situations that are so like, I don't know how I survived.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Can can you tell us a couple of them?
0: Um, well, I'm pretty sure there were a couple times where I was almost kidnapped because, <gasps> like, like one time, this guy drove me to like at this off street, and there and he parked behind a camper. And I think what happened is like they they videotaped. I don't know. I was blindfolded. Oh no! <laughs> they they videotaped what was going on, but I didn't hear anything, so I thought I was okay, you know. And, and asked to meet up a second time, but somebody and you convinced me not to do that cuz you know they might have I actually think they probably would have taken me. <laughs> oh, and I laugh but it's not funny. Okay. Wait,
1: okay, wait. I'm like so you met up with these it was more than one person that time. You said they.
0: It was one person in a truck, but okay. when I think about it, oh, and when I say they, like I was talking to them on a messenger online. Okay. So that that messenger, whoever it was, they pretended to be like a secretary or something. And you have to go meet this person to interview to become an escort. Oh, well.
1: OK. OK. So you did you so, become an escort? No, because okay.
0: they I, I talked to, to this this whole situation to a friend of mine and he's like, yeah, um, don't go back because they're trying to sex traffic. You. <laughs> and I'm like, OK, yeah. Cause I come from this small little town where everything's fine. And he was like from Atlanta. So he's like, no, you're, you're dumb. Right.
1: <laughs> wow. I'm but, from Atlanta too, but that, uh, yeah, I, I'm shocked right now because what I hear is you laughing, you know? Um, I think it's probably easier.
0: It's really serious because if I sit and really think about it, I get really freaked out yeah. and high, huge anxiety, you know, like, I don't know, like I really could have, that could have gone really bad. And so yeah. when I talk about stuff to anybody, I, I usually laugh about it. I think it's just to relieve some of that anxiety. Yeah. I'm, I'm the one who tells jokes and, you know, at everything. <laughs> so that's, I think that's how I deal with it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I would too. I would use to like make jokes about the things I would do so I wouldn't feel like that shame or that uncomfortability inside.
0: You know, that's such a good point. I've never thought about that before.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's easier to laugh than to feel, right? It's easier to just like blow it off or make it sound not as bad, but you literally almost kidnapped. That's Mm. terrifying. And did you act out sexually with that person in the truck while you were blindfolded? Um, Well, so they handed me this sheet and they're like,
0: check off everything you're willing to do for Mm -hmm. this audition thing. And so I checked off everything and one of them was to be blindfolded. And so they're like, oh, well here, take this and put it on. And then you have to like go blow this guy. And I'm like, okay. So um, I don't know. I guess like it's even at the time um, I was putting myself down at the time because of my weight. Yeah, He's like, oh no, you're beautiful. And so like, even then it's kind of like a, Shaming within a shaming, I think. I don't
1: know. Yeah, because I have to tell you, I mean, even for me, like, I'm so hard on myself, and it's like we're all so hard on ourselves, and we never talk about it. But people like every type of person in the world. Like, there's not one type that is perfect or is like the ideal. We think there is, but there's not. So, for you in this situation with this stranger to even be putting yourself down, you know, you had to be in a very difficult place. Yeah. So, what was one of the other stories that was really scary? Well, I, having
0: people come in from out of town mm-hmm. and meeting them in hotels, there were a couple times where I, like, one time I drove to Chicago for like a a party. Mm-hmm. Um. And I, I use quotations when I say party, party. <laughs> but it was like, f- like 50 plus people. And I don't know, 98% of them were dudes.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, um, yeah.
1: What happened at that party? <laughs>
0: I, well, that was where the majority of my numbers came. I'll tell you that. Cause there oh. were supposed to be like there, I think there were four women mm-hmm. when, it, when it initially started, but one of them backed out. So yeah, that was, I don't even remember it because I used to also, when these things were going on, I would start drinking and I would be drunk for most of it. So, but, you know, even then I was still like having a good time. So. Because you were probably drunk, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I remember like half or, or bits of it, but but yeah, I, I mean, not like blackout drunk, but enough to be like woozy and stuff. I think just to probably get through whatever was going on, yeah. but there'd be like, you know, f- three, four or five people like right there doing stuff. So, you know, if you turn on <laughs> like a porn, okay. It's, it's kind of like that.
1: And do you watch a lot of porn? Um, I used
0: to, yeah. I don't really anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, the funny thing is, is like now when I watch, sometimes I'll be like into it for a minute and then I'll get like super weird and not repulsed, but kind of the same feeling. And like, like, God, I don't like this. And I like like, try to push it away. Mm -hmm. And like, but sex is good. So like, why wouldn't I like this? And I get all weird feeling and
1: it's. Do you think because you're triggered, you're triggered by past stuff and the porn like brings that up. So then it all comes to the surface. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Especially. Yeah. Especially some of the other stuff, because uh, I don't want to say other stuff. I should be more specific. Right.
1: Well, Um, we're talking about something very difficult. And I understand you not wanting to be specific, but it helps if we are specific. But it's up to you.
0: The last two relationships that I had, um, Mm -hmm. I had posted, uh, ad online for the first one Mm -hmm. that I wanted, uh, somebody who was like a dom and BDSM Mm -hmm. and he was like verbally and emotionally abusive. Mm -hmm. And then I went from that to like the next relationship. I posted the same thing online and he was also, he was a convicted rapist. (laughs) and he did that to me and then so this is like the end of 2016 Mm -hmm. and that's kind of when like the shit hit the fan for me and I started spiraling out of control and like I lived in Minnesota at that point Mm -hmm. and I moved back home in with my dad because he's like you know if you need a safe place to go come you know yeah yeah and but then I kind of like I am in this um, depressive like slump since then and I'm trying to like break out of it. So,
1: yeah, I'm here's what for me. I mean, when I, all that trauma was coming up and things I did to myself and things I did to other people. When that finally started coming up, it was almost unbearable, like an unbearable depression an unbearable, like, I don't want to be on this planet anymore. Is that how you're feeling right yeah. now? Yeah.
0: And, you know, I i think I've been depressed uh, almost my whole life just because of, you know, how I grew up and how family was to me and stuff. Yeah. And I didn't start like taking medication and stuff until it was 2013. Mm hmm. But I can tell you, like, I've been through this cycle of every, like, like none of these medications work for me. And, you know, therapy hasn't really worked for me, but I don't think I've ever gotten down to like the real point or issue that I need to with it, which is kind of one of the reasons why I say thank you for this podcast, because I think (laughs) listening to everybody else's stories is making me realize that. This is like my problem, you know, and I need to go back to therapy and deal with it.
1: Well, it's my thing is like we keep doing it keeps amplifying and getting worse and worse until we decide to actually face it head on. And the moment you face it head on, you you feel like you're dying, but really you're being reborn is how I look at it. Yeah. You know, the therapy is like a massage for my soul every time I go. The like 12-step program, especially with trauma, is like you get on a meeting with a bunch of other people that have been through similar things and they don't judge you and you don't yeah. feel so alone. Yeah. Well, here's my question for you. And I've been wanting to ask this. Have you ever been in love?
0: Yeah, I, well, at least I thought I, Okay let me, let me rephrase that. (laughs) Before I moved back to Wisconsin. Okay. So before 2017, I thought I had been in love like so many times. And honestly, I have so much love for everybody.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Um, I just give it away freely. (laughs) I have like I always tell people I have, I have the emotions of like, if you put the whole world together and stuck them in me, that would equal the amount of emotions that I have for everybody else.
1: So you're like very sensitive. Are you in love with falling in love? Oh yeah. I, um, so let me say
0: something for, okay. So I met my, my now husband in the beginning of 2017. Mm -hmm. And prior to him, I was just going through people like, you know, it was just a daily breakfast or something. Yeah. Just a
1: meal, just your breakfast, your (laughs) snack, your lunch, another snack. Yeah. (laughs) But then, you know,
0: then when I met him, I didn't really feel like I needed to do that anymore. Mm -hmm. And like, I I look at him, like I keep looking at him over time and he like still like turns me on and makes me interested Mm -hmm. or like other people that, went away right after it was over, you know? Yeah. So I know that I am now and a different than, you know, what I thought it was in the beginning. So that's nice to have <laughs> to finally found that, you know? So when did you get married? Well, we got married pretty quickly. Uh, it was June of 18. So we, we had met in April of 17. How did you guys meet? <laughs> so I was in a bar with a friend of mine and I was talking about FetLife and he's like, I know what that is.
1: <laughs> what is that? I don't
0: know what that is. <laughs> oh, it's um, it's a website for kinks, basically. Ooh. Like any any kind you have. Well, so it's kind of like how should I it's kind of like Reddit, but for like freaky people. <laughs> 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 so because you can search for like discussion boards or mm-hmm. you know people to talk to and you can message them through it you you know you can put up pictures or videos or I've got this whole profile that describes me exactly
1: mm-hmm.
0: um but like not a not a lot of people know what it is
1: yeah I've and never for heard him, of he that just
0: come out of the, you know he's the actually the only one I've Talk to out loud that knows what it was so then we just kind of had a conversation and I realized that he was like interested in me and not just like hooking up you know with me and he I I put myself down a lot as you heard earlier yeah (laughs) and every you know every time I do he's like shut up stop it you're great I love you so it's it's good so and you're still together now yeah but I was going to tell you when you asked if I was addicted to love, mm-hmm. I told, you know, I realized and I told him at some point that I was addicted to that feeling that you get when you, you know, you first meet that person. Oh, it's and my like,
1: favorite feeling in the whole yeah, world. Right before you do it. Yeah. It's like yeah. the whole build up, the whole and like the whole like intrigue and flirting. Mm-hmm. and that That is like my favorite feeling in the whole world. I know. And it's. It's devastating because it doesn't last very long. No, you know? it's like fleeting. It's like air. There is not there. It's not real. <laughs> yeah. So you told him that. How did that conversation go? He,
0: he, I don't know. I think it, I think it freaked him out for a bit. Cause I think he was worried. I was going to go off and do something mm-hmm. um, with somebody else. But I honestly have never felt that interest to do that since being with him. Yeah. So, um, I was just kind of like, that's not going to (laughs) happen. You know, I mean, I don't, I can't convince anybody any better than that because you just have to kind of wait and see. Right. But, but but I think
1: what really helps though is voicing it. I think that is the communication in a relationship when you voice those things that we usually keep hidden. Like I would have never told my husband, like I'm in love with falling in love, you know, before doing the work on myself. And now that it's out in the open, it kind of takes that power away of that. Yeah, We internalize it and think about it and, you know, go into fantasy or whatever. Yeah. Do you think that helped talking to him about it? Yeah. Well, I kind of, I don't really
0: have that great of a filter <laughs> and I'll tell Like I talk about my thoughts all the time. Like I, I pretty much say my thought as it comes out of my head. Right. And then I'll be like, I shouldn't have said that. Right. You know, anybody that knows me, they're going to be like, yeah, I've heard way more about her sex life than I ever wanted to, especially like, and you know, the funny thing is I don't like it when other people do that. (laughs) So (laughs) I don't know. Uh, I don't know, but I, I pretty much talk about things all the time. Mm-hmm. And so as I do that, I figure these things out. If I, if I didn't do this stuff, like I would not be the place I am right now, I'd be back in like 2016 Brooke, where, you know, it's like horrible and I don't know what's going to happen, you know? So I'm, well, I'm kind of my own therapist and a little bit, I don't know. <laughs>
1: Well, sometimes I feel like for me, when I overshare, sometimes I like just want to get it out of me and onto somebody else. But the problem with that is then I'm not keeping those feelings inside and actually feeling them and walking through them.
0: Yeah, that's yeah, that's a good point. Cause you don't, you don't have to deal with it.
1: Yeah. You don't have to deal with that. And it's almost like you're like making it a story or making it and giving it to somebody else. So it, it, it doesn't own you, but the problem is then we don't feel those feelings of, you know, calling yourself gross or, or things like that. Right. But here's my question for you. So you're married. Um, are you living with your husband right now? Yes. Yeah. He's, we've pretty much been together since the day we met. But do you, are you still feeling like you're in that depressive place, even though you're married? And do you think it's because all that acting out is done and you haven't dealt with it? (sighs) Yeah,
0: um, I have depression or Mm -hmm. I don't know if the depression is, I don't know what it's from exactly, Mm -hmm. but I, I think that my actions here that we've been talking about have definitely fueled it. And there was a lot of heavy stuff that went on since we met. Um, my mom died a couple of years ago and that oh. kind of pushed me down further. Yeah. And just having to move back here uh, depressed me because I was I had a really good job before I came back here. And I, I missed. But I also missed like, quote, having the fun a little bit at in the yeah. beginning, you know, but. That that feeling's gone away. Now I'm just trying to deal with, you know, the other stuff and like how I grew up and you know what I did to myself and and but yeah, I you know I I'm not gonna lie. I've been in bed for like three years straight, pretty much. because wow. I like I get up and and go to work. I'm not working right now, but mm-hmm. when I was, you know, I'd get up and go to work and I'd come home and I'd go lay in bed because my bed's the only place I feel. Like safe, safe, you know, safe, yeah. Like others, yeah, which is up. If you think about like that's where I spent most of my time doing this other shit, you know. So,
1: well, because I believe that a relationship, even if it's a good one with your husband and like with my husband, it's that's never going to fix me. Right. Nobody else is ever going to fix me until I fix myself. And, and what I hear is like, you're going through kind of a withdrawal a little bit. Like once you take away the acting out, even if it's been a couple years or longer, once you take that away, you're stuck with why you acted out and did those things. Yeah, you're right. You're like, yeah, great. Thanks, Brienne. That's great. (laughs) No, (laughs) no, I'm just thinking, yeah. Yeah. So I'm just wondering if You're like going through a type of withdrawal. Did you ever think maybe that you're a sex and love addict? Well, now that I've listened
0: to your podcast so much, I know that I was, you know, but addiction runs in my family. Like my mom's side of the family, most of them were alcoholics. Yeah,
1: mine Um, too. It like, but every generation, it turns into something out sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And,
0: and on my dad's side, um, there's a little bit of like control and shaming Mm. on that side, you know? So, and I, I think like some of my family members on that side were addicted to that. So, um, so yeah, I think that I got, you know, this was my, my addictions to like try to make myself feel better in any way that I could, whether it be, you know, I don't, I don't sit and and, like eat, you know, massive amounts of food at a time, but I, I don't, I'm not putting good stuff into my body ever Yeah. so you know there's that and there's the sex thing and um, you know even just like super negative all the time you get addicted to feeling depressed too you know
1: yeah and I mean you can get addicted to worry you can get addicted to like Depression, feeling like a victim, you can get addicted to all of that. You know, we, we, it's like a whack-a-mole. You take away the sex, you move to the food or the shopping or the self-loathing, or you know, it literally goes where <laughs> to the next thing.
0: You know, every time I found a new person and they liked me, then I was like, hey, maybe I'm not so bad. You know, I could, uh, and this is me being sarcastic. Okay, I'm not trying to put myself down right now. But um, like they really like they don't care that I'm overweight and they're going to be with me still. So I I just wanted more of
1: that. Yeah, it just doesn't. It sounds like it just doesn't fit who you are becoming. It was who you used to be. Yeah, I agree. So who do you think these kind of sexuals? I mean, they were like a secret when you did them and then you would go tell people. But who do you think it harmed and who do you think it benefited?
0: Well, it definitely benefited all the people I hooked up with. That's for sure. Um, (laughs) You know, in kind of a girl. sick way, like it benefited me a little bit just because it eventually helped me realize that uh, I could, you know, how I actually felt and that I needed to kind of reverse that because it's not good feeling. So,
1: yeah, I think it probably got you out of, I always think like the acting out from the past gets us out of where we were, like it was so bad, it we had to disconnect from ourselves yeah. and do those things so we could survive at that time. Yeah,
0: yeah, I I totally agree. So it's it's kind of like a little silver lining, a, a little bit, you know, because you were able to survive, but then you also came out of it with that knowledge and, and a, a little stronger, right?
1: Yeah. There was this quote one time that really helped that is talking about what we're talking about. You know, religious people are afraid of going to hell, but um, addicts have already been to hell. So they don't fear it. That's what it sounds like. Like we go to hell and the only way now is back. That's
0: so true. It's it's not it's not a joke.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But are you? Here is my last question for you. I know you're trying to move forward. Maybe going back to therapy. Do you feel like you want to be a part of slaw, or yeah. you know, are you interested? Well, in- I actually, um, when you
0: said that, all those links or whatever, and you sent them, that was great. I am going to mm-hmm. look into it. I just I haven't yet, okay, but I will, and I'm going to join those meetings because you know, hearing other people talk about their stuff, helps you figure out your stuff a little bit.
1: Oh my God. It's a lifesaver. And listen, just if you're listening out there, I never recommend a 12 step program to anybody. Like it's this, my show is not about, Hey, come join the program with me. But I honestly, every, when I'm talking to you, I just like hitting me over the head. Like you need to be a member. Like this is the best group in the world and it's healed for me, all these broken parts. And I've seen other people very similar to your situation heal themselves. Well, okay. good. So I, I just feel like you need to get online after we get off. You need to fill out those, you know, there's 40 questions. If you're listening that you can, it's a self diagnosis. It's 40 questions and you see how many you answer. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Because I, because there's no way to go through this by yourself if you could you would have already done it yeah that's true like we need the tools we're sex and love
0: addicts like we need those tools yeah yeah it's definitely and it took me just like way too long to figure out that you can't I thought you could do it by yourself but it's just I just don't think it's possible so
1: no because if you could you would Yeah, right. No. Well, I am so grateful for your share, honestly, and reaching out to me. And I'm going to actually send you the link. I'll even have the link attached to this episode if you want to fill it out, if you're listening. But it has saved my life from myself. Like, I have to tell you.
0: That's awesome. Thank you.
1: Oh, thank you so much. And if you want to be on the show, please email me at secretlifepodcast at com.